Welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Well, a very warm welcome to the next episode of Property Portfolio Podcast. I'm joined by Nigel Green, and today we're going to be talking about SAS pensions and the impact it's had on our mindset as we left corporate life and took control of our economy. Hi, Nigel. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, Mark. Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you on this beautiful day? Beautiful day. Yeah, lovely. And we're talking about one of the things that we're really passionate about, and that's taking control of all aspects of our wealth and personal economy. And uh, it's been a big part of that for us, but only over the last six or seven years now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it was it was the final bit, wasn't it, Mark, of, you know, when we kind of retired from the corporate world, um, you know, back, what, five, six years ago now, um, it was it was kind of the final component um, to take control back off. And, and pensions, you know, we, our relationship with our pension was, Pretty dour, really, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it kind of, it formed a, a moment in time. I think every December and the, the letterbox would flutter and this envelope would fall through and we'd have a look and it would be the, <coughs> arguably the most uninspiring moment we've uh, we had in the year. Uh, just looking at our pension statement and it would be, you know, positive, neutral or negative. And kind of that was it. And we had no, no influence really apart from maybe selection of uh, you know parties that we're going to invest in uh, that was about the only influence we could have and it was it was wholly dependent on the fluctuations of the the global market which was uh, definitely challenging for us <laughs> it's very uh, you know now that we've we've got kids ourselves you know we've got eight children between us um looking back it's very difficult for younger people maybe in their teens or 20s to imagine life 10, 20, 30 years ahead, isn't it? To anticipate what's going to happen. You know, I look at yeah. some of my kids, they're teenagers. If they're looking at having a plan by the time they're 35 or 40, I mean, that's twice the time they've been on this planet. And and I think mm. I've probably suffered from that, you know, that lack of long, long range horizons. Um, I think and, and pension was just, it just happened. It was something, it was a payroll function more than anything else. Absolutely. And, you know, at the time, all those years ago, it was it was this thing that, you know, maybe we were contributing to and the employer was contributing to. But, you know, as you say, we couldn't have access to it. So it was it kind of became irrelevant in the moment, didn't it? But, um, you know, looking back, thank God, <laughs> you know, we, we could actually um, have that benefit and, you know, we can reap the rewards you know, going forward. But uh, it is. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting point. You know, Obviously, with my children as well, you know they're they're all uh, all over the age of eighteen now, and um, you know pension, you know I, th- I think is a part of their lives, and they understand it, and it's it's helped. I think the SAS journey has helped, and you know to influence their thinking around pension and what it could be. Um, so I think you know that's that's really quite powerful. Yeah, it's uh, SAS becomes a 
living pension, doesn't it? But maybe we should just explain to people who are maybe listening for the first time and don't understand what this SAS thing is. Well, it's hardly a snappy acronym. Um, it stands for Small Self-Administered Scheme. And it's a, it's a trust you can set up at, at any age in life, as long as you're over 18. Um, and you can have between 1 and 11 trustees. And you take control of your pensions. You need a, a business to set a SAS up, a trading company. And uh, HMRC need to approve it. But once they have approved it, then you have got control of your pensions. Now, there are guidelines that you need to follow. There are rules but there are rules in life, aren't there, uh, you know, in every walk of life. And um, we researched the rules quite quite heftily, really, and, and many of you will have um, had the SAS pensions book. I mean, that's really based on the due diligence that we did when we decided to take control. Um, and that was the mandate to, to our family, wasn't it? When we retired from corporate life, we were only a couple of months apart in 2015, um, deciding to, you know, set up our own company, leaving corporate life, but it was that control. No longer did we want one of our largest bank accounts to be controlled by, by somebody else. And mm. but we had to, we had to man up. We had to grow up. We had to research and mm. tackle it, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. We did. And um, you know, I think there was a, there was a key point. We we all had our, you know, the, the trustees in our in our pension. Have all got their reasons why, haven't they? They've all got the reasons why. But just for me personally, I think the one that sits at the highest priority or the the highest influence was um, is around. You know, God forbid. I know it's only eight o'clock in the morning, but anything should happen to to me, as it was, as my pensions, you know, were my beneficiary, which is obviously my wife. Um, she would get fifty percent of a life's work of you know, gaining pension capital into a pot. And I, I just, I don't think even today we know, well, where's that other 50% gone? You know, and even, it even gets worse because if if in, you know, the uh, the event um, of, you know, myself and my wife passed away, um, you know, the kids get nothing. And I, I just I just couldn't really grasp that concept. You know, I understand, obviously, the reason behind it and whether I agree with it or I don't, that's, that's uh, that's by the by, really. But um, SAS opened up a different opportunity for us, Mark, didn't it? it within that regard, it, it did, and and uh, it completely transformed our way of thinking. Really, I mean, we 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 didn't work towards getting a SAS, did we? We set out with the objective of right, we want to take control. Now let's find out how. And we had to research, and we stumbled on a SAS, I guess, really. But mm-hmm. we only need a little telltale sign, and we'll dig like ferrets really and, and really try and unravel um, this conundrum and we worked out what it was that there wasn't books there wasn't SAS alliance you couldn't go to Equa Academy way back then to, to to find these answers so we did have to work really hard mm. um, and it's great to be able to share um, those findings and I, I think we always mm. like to challenge tradition that's something we've always done in growing our businesses um, over the last 30 years and family is is a, a big part of that, as as yeah. as we know. Um, and you mentioned the uh, you know the legacy, but the preservation, and you know, sadly, that came into harsh reality, didn't it? Five years ago, mm-hmm. when when we lost 
lost Pete. Um, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the intention originally was to have um, you know three families in the in the pension scheme, wasn't it? And uh, you know, as we were going through the process, and we all know, even today, it's challenging. You know, you know, and people we 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 see, don't we? All the success stories of people, you know, they've got HMRC approval, and there's a, but it just takes a bit of time. But you know, on on reflection, the time is so worth it, isn't it? You know, even if it takes you know two months, six months, a year, just just get going, start, you know, start that process. And you know, sadly, during that process, Mark, you know, one of our very good friends and and uh, our business partner. Uh, PT, he, he sadly passed away, didn't he? And, uh, you know, never got the benefit of, you know, what a SAS can provide. And just because it was going through that process, you know, and just reflecting on what I said just previously, you know, unfortunately, you know, his his wife only got 50% of his pension. Whereas if, you know, things have been different, you know, the coverage would have been a lot, a lot better. But uh, that, I, I think... You know, the reflection of that, as tough as it was at the time, but the reflection of that, it just got our skates on, didn't it? And we just said, you know what, we've got to get this done and we've got to get it done now. And I think the language changed as well, you know, with the uh, the corporate trustee, you know, that we had at the time. And we'll kind of talk about that journey in a minute. But the language changed and it was, it was a, a you know, the tone was more urgency. It was, I, I don't care about the excuses, just get it done kind of approach. Yeah, really brought, really brought it home, didn't it? In fact, it slammed it, slammed it home. Yeah, it did. Um, so we'll talk a little bit later on about our strategy and some of our longer-term uh, visions and horizons. But uh, as, as you said, we, we, we made a start and we, we don't mess around, we don't procrastinate. We, we just went straight into this, didn't we? We Bank grade due diligence, as always, and if you're a SAS trustee, you are the bank, so bank grade due diligence means many things to us. Um, so we did a lot of due diligence in a very short period of time. That really cemented our decision. And uh, we had a relationship with a private bank at the time, didn't we? And uh, they they set up the, the SAS for us. Um, and we we learn lessons along the way, don't we? And that's that's really important. And uh, we we found uh, yeah they were they were lovely people, but we found that they uh, they couldn't move move at the speed and allow us to do the things that we wanted to do. So there's a top tip for anybody who's thinking of setting up a SaaS. You know, not all corporate trustees, and you generally you'll need a corporate trustee to to help you work out what a SaaS is and keep you compliant. Not all corporate trustees are the same. And what we want is a, a wide open ranging mandate that if HMRC allow us to do it, we want to be able to do it. We are taking taking control of our economy and, and we we don't want to be moving from one restrictive environment of a of a pension into another restrictive environment and having somebody else's company policy dictate what we can and can't do. No. No. And that, you know that's that's a massive top tip, isn't it, there? I think just to take away because as you said, Mark, we only knew what we knew. You know, we were we were literally learning day by day what this what this SAS thing is. You know, and you know how it can change, how we can get control of it, all these sort of aspects. And we were, you know, we were soundboarding and using the the corporate trustee to to help us, as well as doing a lot of background research ourselves. So, 
you know, I, th- I think the journey was um, was fine. It was fine. It got us on the got us on the ladder for sure. Um, but um, you know, it, it that open mandate uh, edit there, Mark, I think is really important for anybody thinking about getting a SaaS. Just really understand. You know, start with the end in mind again. Just think what you want to do with it. You know, there's so much education out there. The books, the SaaS Alliance, the you know. All sorts of learning is out there um, at this moment in time. So you can see what other people have done as well. Lots of case studies, which is hugely valuable, isn't it? I mean, there was none of that in when we were doing that. There was nothing. No. You know, we were literally kind of working it out, interpreting as well. We're doing lots of interpretation on the on the written word, you know, which which as we know could go one way or the other, you know. So it was a lot of leaning on this corporate trustee. So, you know, we we you know, if they're on here today, we thank them for that period because, you know, they did help us to mm-hmm. to move our education along to the point that we realised, you know, that they weren't for us. Um, right. And we, we gracefully shook their hand and thanked them for all the time and, and effort. And we moved and we found an alternative corporate trustee, which has then just opened up all the opportunity that we've, we've done in the last five, five six years. It did, yeah. And that that process it's called a it's called a SaaS takeover when you move from one corporate trustee to another, and very similar to moving a from one accountant to another. I guess you know it's that type of process. Um, it was quite straightforward for us. Took six eight weeks, something like that. We we just sold a, a quite a large commercial property at the time from our SaaS, so we were sat in cash. If your SaaS has got multiple investments and loans and lots of things need to be you know, handed over, then there may be a little bit more complexity. But I think the moral of the story is you know, it's not a cul-de-sac you're going down. If you do have to change corporate trustee in the future, it's not the end of the world, but just try and get the right trustee first time. Um, and hopefully many of the, the tips that we give you in, in this podcast, in the various books, and, and in ECRA Academy. I know our mentees are always asking us lots of detailed questions uh, and, and just trying to draw on that experience. And why wouldn't you? Um, I only wish we had that experience to draw on six years ago uh, when we were doing our research. But Very much so. You know, we, we, we love to we love to share as well, don't we? You know, in terms of the case studies, this is actual real life deals, developments that we've done or serviced by SAS or or the SAS is the beneficiary, you know, which has been just just wonderful. And um, you know, in our in our current Ecker Academy 13 week uh, development course that we're on, we, it's week eleven today, isn't it, actually? Yes. So we we've got another session after after this. So another three hours of um you know sharing and educating which is just fantastic really looking forward to it but we you know we share those case studies and the, the intricacies of how you can get from a to the ultimate product you know and it's you know it's it's been great and there's no better way is there you can't you can't read a book and then tell somebody what to do you've got to have lived it breathed it gone through everything around it and surrounding it you know, to, to have that authority to be able to, to guide people. And, um, you know, there's been some interesting projects, let's say, and, and a few interesting ones on the cards as well. So Absolutely. And it's by doing that you grow, you test yourself, you challenge, you actually work out what your risk and reward appetite actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't an environment for lemmings, is it? Following what somebody else is doing. 
Um, we share what we do, but it, it's not so that you can do, you can follow that route. It's so that it just broadens your horizons and you can dial in or dial out from that to make it suit your your strategy. And, and that's how we work with mentees, it, to, to widen their peripheral vision and then to dial into their specific strategy, what's right for them, and then they can take those steps. And, and so it is with, with a SaaS. Um, you know, it's, I do kind of roll my eyes from time to time when people say, right, I've got my SaaS, now what do I do with it? Mm. You know, a, a SaaS isn't something to tinker around with. It, it's your pension. And for many people, that's the, the primary way that they're going to look after themselves in later life. Um, so, you know, there's no point in following somebody whose pension is irrelevant to their later life. You know, they're well taken care of via other means of wealth. Um, you know, be just luring yourself into a false sense of security. Mm. So having a clear, robust strategy when you when you decide to go for a SaaS is really important. Once you have a SaaS, then continuing to challenge, tweak, uh, that's evolution and that's really healthy. Um, it's taken us six years to get to our strategy at the moment, Nigel, but it, it's, it's phenomenal for the SaaS. Mm-hmm. And our SaaS is a key enabler for the rest of our economy as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, how it can tr- contribute um, to, to that point. I mean, we, you know, we have multiple contributors into it, um, you know, such things as, you know, company uh, pension contributions, those sort of things every every year but the benefit of um, sending those contributions across is that it's it's invariably coming from a company um, you're therefore increasing the cost of the company therefore reducing the corporation tax bill in the company so there's there's so many multiple benefits isn't there of of undertaking that and you know we we use loan banks quite a bit don't we mark you know in two we've got one at the moment that's we're building a a business center you know a, a pure commercial property um near farnham there and that's on a pure loan back and and again you know lending is is super reasonable you know i think it's best in market probably um but guess what the interest the interest rate associated with that loan gets paid back into your pension and doesn't get paid to a third party outside of your personal economy so there's just so many so many benefits isn't there if you can keep it in your ecosystem and just have it. How is it? Our pension actually is in the centre of our ecosystem, isn't it? And all the businesses are kind of sat around the outside. Yeah. So it, it it is it is a phenomenal um, opportunity for people, I think, to to consider. And and it it, it definitely is life changing. Absolutely incredible! That tax efficiency, that circular economy. So let's try and put this in simple terms for for our listeners. We have. A large property portfolio that throws off cash and profits. We make tax-free employer contributions into our SaaS each year, which enables us to buy more commercial property. And then with the other half of our SaaS, which is increasingly getting bigger each year, we can take the lowest cost of borrowing possible with a loan back. We can go out and buy more commercial property which then throws off more cash flow, which then enables us to put more contributions into the SaaS, all in a tax-free environment. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. And, and that's, the, that's the, the simplicity and the tenacity. Sometimes difficult to over, you know, it's easy to overthink these things. 
Um, but creating that circular economy um, is amazing. And and we've done some profiling, haven't we, on the, the, the cost savings, not just the savings rather than paying 8% interest, we're paying 1.5% per annum, but all the other savings associated, savings in corporation tax. And mm. uh, Nigel, we ran through that with our with our mentees on our 13-week program. I think it was week two, didn't we? And I was just about to say, yeah, week two. And, you know, just if we think about just conventional lending, um, you know, for development or for whatever it is, that you've you've got these kind of peripheral costs, haven't you? You've got the, you know, the, the lender wants you to to pay for all their legal fees, you know, evaluation. I mean, we'd get evaluation done anyway, but you know, all those sort of costs, but they have this thing called an arrangement fee, you know, which could be one to 2% of the, of the loan facility. And then they have this thing called a, an exit fee, you know, if you're unlucky enough to have one. And again, that could be anything from half a percent to even 2% of exit, depending whether it's linked to the, the facility or even the value, even worse. So you've got all these costs, all these costs that are, are coming in and you compare that, you know, with, the pension, and even just to look at the administration cost, Mark, how much was that one that we did recently? What was the cost of that? We did a loan back of about a third of a million pounds, and it cost us 300 quid. And if that was an equivalent with, you know, a lender, you'd, you'd be talking tens of thousands, wouldn't you, honestly? You know, um, so it's, it's all these, these are all the, you know, the peripheral benefits of, you know, having your pension as almost the, the, the funding facility in your personal or company or group economy and, and just keeping everything within that, um, that bubble is, is hugely important. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, we, we love to, uh, service, you know, others, um, you know, our professional teams, our contractors, of course we do. We love to support them and service them, but, you know, there are areas where you can keep it all within your economy and that's, you know, that's really important to us. Yeah, it's reducing that dependency of of the performance of others, really. And uh, it took us, okay, it cost us buttons to do that loan back, but we were in control. It was probably the most relaxing deal, if there is such a thing, a relaxing deal that we've ever done. The loan back took two weeks, and we weren't particularly stressed in terms of timescales, so it could have been actually a little bit quicker if we wanted to, but two weeks, start to finish. And then we had a clear route. In that particular case, we did a multi-phase loan back as well, didn't we? So on the facility, we took security on on the property, and then we released the loan back over a period of time as the development, um, uh, you know, goes through its its build and uh, yeah. revaluation process. So um, yeah, oh, that that's fantastic. And we were a little bit unsure about that part of it, weren't we? Because we were thinking, okay. You know, in principle, and that's the difference where development finance can can help out because you literally just draw down the funds as and when you need it, um, or should I say, as and when the development's progressing. So, so that overall can reduce your cost of funds quite significantly. And so we were a little bit thinking, well, why can't we have that? Why can't we have a similar profile rather than have it all lump in at the front of the end of the you know fr- the front end of the development? And then suffering the burden of a very small interest for the entire. So we even got more efficiency into it, Mark, didn't we? And and as you quite rightly say, you know, we we we're stepping it in uh, at the points where we need it. So you know, when we look at the entire development, 
and that journey, you know, the, the cost of funds are going to be even even lower as an average. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just reducing that cost of capital down every time. Um, there are some complexities with a loan back, just so uh, you are aware. Uh, a loan back does need a first charge on something. Now, usually that's a property, but it doesn't always have to be. Um, so usually it's on a property. It doesn't have to be on the property in question. It could be another property if you've got an unencumbered property uh, elsewhere in your portfolio or or you can work with somebody who has. Um so, so that's uh, that's pretty key. You can do it over five years, and over five years you pay back each year capital and interest. So, if it was a hundred thousand pound loan back, uh, you would need a SAS of over two hundred thousand to have a hundred thousand pound loan back because you can only do a loan back of up to fifty percent. Um, so, you you pay back on a hundred thousand pound loan back, you'd pay back 20,000 pounds a year plus interest. So gradually the facility reduces. Um, but if you were to rename a loan back in your own mind and, and uh, treat it as a 12 month bridge, you wouldn't have to pay the capital back in that year. You'd pay it back at the end of the year. So if you change the terminology of loan back to a 12 month bridge at a few hundred pounds setup fee, and 1.5%, let's say, it's, it's generally in summary terms, it's uh, 1% above the average base rate rounded up to the nearest quarter. Um, so let's say one and a quarter, one and a half percent per annum. You know, think how much good you could do in the world with, with that type of recurring facility. And that's the, that's the power. And that's working out how a SaaS can work as an enabler but nobody could have a SaaS and just have a loan back as their strategy because a loan back, you can only use 50% of your SaaS. So the question then is, what do you do with the other 50%? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Third-party unconnected loans, people you could loan that out. Uh, in our development business, quite a lot of SaaS trustees might uh, loan in. Um, we do something called uh, Equa Earn and Learn where people would loan in and also gain complimentary mentorship from Nigel and I for a period of that loan. So that's something that people like to explore. Um, so it's just working out what your particular strategy is uh, with your funds, and that's that's super critical. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Great. I mean, we could talk forever about SAS, Nigel, and uh, we're going to roll this one on, and I'll probably do a special session next week on, on the Property Portfolio podcast about a lot of the detailed things you can do with a SaaS and with property. Um, We've written a book on the subject, so we'll go a bit deep into that next week. But hopefully that's been quite illuminating. It's shown you what we achieved, how we achieved it. You've got a huge amount of resources there. Um, Go to equacademy.co.uk, look at the resources we've got available, and we can help you. Check in on our Facebook group, Equa Academy and join our growing vibrant community of people who are actually uh, doing some amazing things out there, um, changing the future of their lives and and influencing and uh, uh, inspiring their family and their future generations, which is what having a SaaS is all about as well, Nigel. It is. It's right at the centre of our our strategy and being real, isn't it? Brilliant. So we'll see you next week on Property Portfolio Podcast. Thanks, Nigel, and thanks everyone for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.